Welcome to the Midtown Church Weekly Podcast, hosted by lead pastors Cassie and Alex. Midtown Church exists to reveal the kingdom of Jesus together in Kansas City. This podcast explores ways in which we can become more like Jesus, reveal the places he is already working, and ultimately renew the reputation of the local church. Welcome to the Midtown Church Podcast. I'm your host, Alex. I'm sitting down with my wife and co-pastor, Cassie. Hey, hey, hey. And today <laughs> we are just kind of reflecting on the last six months. We don't have a plan on where this is going. This no. is just us having conversation. A random train. Random trainers of thought. Um, Unrehearsed. <laughs> Totally unrehearsed. I have no idea <laughs> what what Cassie is going to talk about. Um, or Alex, what are you going to throw my I way? could I could pull something out of a hat um, that you weren't expecting. But we're just kind of reflecting on things that have been meaningful, um, whether that's a book, whether that's a thought, uh, a scripture we've read. Um, just you know, reflecting over the last six months. Um, it's March twenty six, May twenty six. I'm sorry. Yeah, when we're recording this. Yeah, when yeah. we're recording it. So not quite halfway, but pretty close to halfway through. 2021 which is very strange to think about that it is alex has been uh commonly referring to this podcast as we've been do- like talking about it as our potpourri <laughs> podcast potpourri potpourri is we just- had it on the church calendar and one of our um like ministry leaders was like what is a potpourri <laughs> podcast and i was like oh alex has just been calling it that i've been calling it because like potpourri is like this kind of random mix of things that smells good and so hopefully <laughs> Hopefully this is hopefully a. Hopefully this podcast smells good. <laughs> hopefully it's a random mix of things that ends up smelling good somehow. So wow, what an analogy! That was wonderful. <laughs> what a way to intro. Yeah. Uh, so let's get into the bits and pieces of the potpourri. Uh, Cassie, what <laughs> what have you been reflecting on, thinking about, or considering over the last six months that you found impactful? Yeah, you know, Pentecost Sunday was this past Sunday, if we're thinking about the fact that today is May 26th. So Pentecost Sunday was last Sunday. And if you don't know what Pentecost Sunday is, it's like a holiday we celebrate in the church, um, specifically referring to that moment in Acts where the Holy Spirit is poured out on the 12 disciples, um, or more than 12, uh, but all the disciples in the upper room, including the 12. um, And they begin to speak in tongues. In fact, the people around them think they're drunk which is one of my personal favorites in this scripture um and so anyway all that being said uh that particular sunday we not only celebrate what happened in scripture pentecost but many of us in the pentecostal tradition are also celebrating the outpouring of the holy spirit that happened on azusa street uh, in the early 1900s and look to that moment uh in parallelism with that moment in acts and just been thinking a lot about really our history and heritage uh, as Pentecostals and the beauty of that Azusa Street moment. Mm. Um, If you don't know much about Pentecostal history, um, this information might be new to you. If you you know a lot, then way to go. You can just fast forward this part of the (laughs) podcast. But um, our, you know, Pentecostal movement really was birthed out of this revival that happened on Azusa Street in California. Uh, in Anaheim, California, and it was led by a black man and his wife and um, another woman. 
uh, and they led this revival out of a home that turned into a two-year-long revival rich uh, in its just racial diversity um, in its expression of leadership across all genders and nationalities. And I've just been thinking a lot about those precious moments and how um, it'd be wonderful as a church if we could get back to some of that. So, mm. Yeah, one of the significant things about Acts 2 particularly is Peter's sermon that kind of harkens back or hyperlinks back to Joel 2, this idea that the spirit of God will be poured out on men, women, the old, the young, that there is this like whatever systems or structures that were holding certain people back from being, being recipients of that spirit. It's just bursting forth. And then you see this moment in Acts two where God's gospel, the gospel that Christ is risen and a new King has taken his place over all of creation is going forth to all people. Like yeah. we, we talk about tongues as if it's just a, you know, spiritual experience. But I think Amanda, our one of our associate pastors, like maybe wandered out loud. Like what if what if this moment is about the accessibility of the gospel um, being reflected in even how the spirit's manifesting itself in, in the people? Yeah. Yeah. And then on top of that, like in this encounter, they are commissioned and they start to organize their self, themselves in a very particular way. Like the description of the earliest church is this really wild um, communal expression of sharing food, of making sure all were taken care of and well yeah. fed. And so it's this really this moment where an encounter with we God. We see justice happen. We see justice yeah. happen out of encounter. Yeah. So it's like encounter to commissioning i guess there is just part of me that is proud to be a part of a movement of god that from its very inception even if it didn't stay this way or result this way but from its inception was inclusive of both men and women white black asian hispanic whatever you're referencing the azusa street revival and just the beauty of that that in general Mm -hmm. um and the beauty that comes from the spirit that we see Mm -hmm. in acts unifying people unifying people in the early 1900s in america and being able to claim some of that heritage uh, and even to be able to draw back on that in moments where we do see injustice and to be able to look back on our history and say you know what it doesn't have to always be like this um we've seen examples where it's it's gone well and it's gone right and we did it right mm-hmm. and we can do that again. Um, it's just like a really cool thought to think. Yeah. In, yeah. The, in the midst of the Jim Crow era, in the yeah. midst of segregation, yeah. in the midst of s- sexism. Where and, women didn't have equal access to education, employment opportunities. Yeah. There was this moment. There was this moment. Where in all which, were equal. Yeah. Which the people of God came together as one body and one community. Now from that, various streams of Pentecostalism um, kind of came and, and unfortunately the racial diversity and really the this reflection of heaven, this reflection of the kingdom yeah. didn't continue. No. But it is this moment we can look back to and say, uh, that's profound. That's profound. Yeah, so profound. Yeah. And and you 
personally have a pretty long history in Pentecostalism. Yeah. You have great grandparents, grandparents, and parents, yeah. all who have been a part of a traditional Pentecostal denomination. Yeah, I th- I think I don't know this one hundred percent for sure regarding the fifth gen- but i believe that i'm the fifth a fifth generation assemblies of god minister which is a really cool thing to think about um so yeah i the fifth the the latest generation um i'm not entirely sure of because they would have started their credentials as the ag was starting so um that timeline's a little fuzzy so fourth mm-hmm. or fifth but um i actually have eight generations worth of ministers in my family that way perceive the assemblies of God, um, which is just like a really cool thought to think. But what I really love, and this is again, just part of my, I don't know, uh, my heritage that I, just a part that I'm really proud of, you know, as a woman minister, my great grandmother was the first female missionary to China. And she went to China when she was, um, 19 years old, I believe. And, uh, she knew she was called to China wow. because she spoke in tongues in Chinese while she was in America. Mm-hmm. And a, a missionary from that spoke Chinese was visiting and was like, how do you, how do you know Chinese? And she was like, I don't know what you're talking about. What do you mean? How do I know Chinese? Mm-hmm. He's like, you were just speaking Chinese and she had been speaking in tongues. So anyway, very, just a very cool lady. She, uh, did end up marrying, um, my great-grandfather, who at the time was wanting to go to Russia, I believe, to be a missionary. And when he met my great-grandmother, she told him he was either going to China or not marrying her, which <laughs> I just think is the greatest thing ever. <laughs> wow. And so he ended up marrying her and going to China, um, which is where my grandfather grew up. But um, just really cool to think about the heritage um, that we have or I have within the Pentecostal tradition and the people that have come before me and prayed for me and um yeah have like paved the way for me to be where I am at today so all that's wrapped up in my reflections on Pentecost Sunday but yeah, <laughs> yeah so, it's yeah. it one, I think one of the things is it's incredibly significant to look at the the biblical um story represented in Acts 2 of this moment in which the church explodes onto the world scene and and pretty quickly becomes global and then to think about we are the um, ancestors of, of those first disciples. And then there's yeah. kind of even a, a, a more direct track, in, in your case, in the Pentecostal movement and um, getting to kind of continue in that tradition of really trying to represent and participate in the gospel globally. Yeah, absolutely. Um, which is really exciting. What else are you thinking about? Um, what reflections or, um, I don't know, resources have you been thinking about? Yeah. Um, well, again, today is May 26th. So yesterday would have been, is the anniversary of George Floyd's murder. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, obviously I've been, I've been thinking a lot about that. Um, just generally and trying to have moments of like, joy in a sense that there's like a movement and people who are still so dedicated to the cause of all black lives mattering but at the same time you know feeling I don't know the weight that so many of our black brothers and sisters have carried for years um just in the remembrance of his his death of his murder so Hmm. um yeah I've been thinking a lot about that too lately I don't know 
Have you been thinking about that at all? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's hard to to not think about how the world was changed almost in an instant. Yeah. Um, and the reality was what happened to George Floyd, his, for lack of another term, public execution, yeah. is not really a new phenomenon. Um, but the amount of people whose um, attention was captured by it mm. and more maybe more poignantly their horror was captured yeah. by it and um, it sparked not just a national reckoning but an international reckoning yeah. with the the systematic injustices and the you know racial roots um, racist roots in our country and in the institutions it, yeah. it's it's worth reflecting on how those things are still impacting us to this day and the ways in which we're complicit in them. Um, You know, I don't have a a good answer other than just reflecting on what one man's death means Mm, while also not completely symbolizing him or making him um, something more than he wasn't. Like it's, it's recognizing that the tragedy of this was that a life was lost. Yeah. But then also Well not just his life, but right, so many lives. Right. So many lives. But you lost, don't you don't yeah. want to lose the um particularity of George's life and in, in this yeah. this man that w- was killed long before um in an, in such a unjust way. So you re- reflecting on his own life and his own humanity, but then also the movement that it sparked and yeah. the yeah. yeah. I remember when it first happened, we were about almost, well, exactly, practically a year ago from now. Mm-hmm. I remember you and I just having some conversations and <laughs> me consistently saying, like, I feel like I I don't get where a lot of my white brothers and sisters are coming from. You know, I, I grew up in Cincinnati, Ohio, and my family, we were um, a part of a after-school program and church plant in the inner city on Vine Street, which if you live in Kansas City um, and you're familiar with the Troost uh, dividing line, Vine Street in Cincinnati is very similar, um, somewhat of a a racial dividing line. Um, But we're about, I feel like Cincinnati is about 15, 20 years ahead of where Kansas City is at, in part to the fact that we had our own George Floyd um, back in 2001, I believe um, it was 2001, a man named Timothy Thomas was shot um, by a white police officer. He was six, I believe he was 16 years old. And so barely a man. Barely a man. And mm. he, um, they thought he had a gun, but he didn't, um, it wasn't a gun in his hand. I think, I don't know, I can't remember if it was a cell phone or what it was, but um, it, it sparked a ton of riots. Uh, in the area that our church was on Vine Street and the after school program. So it's just interesting. I've never grown up in a world where I was able to ignore the fact that my black brothers and sisters by large live a different life than I did. Mm-hmm. Um, and so anyway, it's just it's just interesting to think about. We actually just um, this is getting a little personal and a little deep, but uh, didn't know I was going to get this deep mm-hmm. this podcast today, but. We actually just buried, um, my mom was at the funeral uh, in Cincinnati. We actually just buried one of um, my friends that uh, 
was just maybe a couple years older than me when we were uh, downtown um, in the inner city. Uh, you know, he was really never set up uh, to succeed in life, had a really difficult upbringing as a as a child and um, died uh, from a various amount of different complications. But he's just a couple years older than me. And, um, you know, it's moments like that where um, I'm reminded that, yeah, I've just never been given the privilege, I guess, of ignorance. Um, I guess maybe I could have leaned into some of the ignorance, but um, just confronted by the, the pain of existence for some of our black brothers and sisters and the reality that they live. So uh, it just is a good reminder uh, to not become complacent in the mm. in the in the cause or in the journey towards racial justice um, and advocacy for those around us, which is fitting because we're coming up on Juneteenth, which is a really wonderful holiday of celebration of joy for our black brothers and sisters. In fact, I think we're going to do a pod. We have a podcast episode coming out about Juneteenth, so I don't want to give too much of it away, but yeah. Yeah. In, in reflecting on George Floyd, I, I didn't even think about this when you started talking about it. But back in September, I had the opportunity to be in Minneapolis. Oh, and yeah. yeah, it was downtown and pretty sure I parked illegally and went into, <laughs> went into a building and came out. And um, one of my friends was talking to an officer there who happened to be a black man and just asking him the simple question of, how are you doing? And uh, he opened up about how difficult it was to be policing in Minneapolis at that time. Being a black man, you're talking about like, almost two conflicting identities and he even mentioned how um he was very specific and intentional about living where he policed um and that was a point of Mm. tension with his other officers and so we talked with him um even just prayed a blessing over him just to you know for his own safety in a really in a city that's hurting deeply and then we went from that interaction to george floyd memorial square um which is this probably i don't know eight nine block square in which um it has been turned into this sacred site it has been turned into this place of um, mourning and lament and um just recognizing the the injustice of what we all witnessed and uh you the kind of the entrance we parked on and walked you um they've been they've spray painted every name of anyone lost to police brutality um or in an unjust confrontation over the last probably decade and it's just name after name after name after name after name and then you kind of get to the spot where um george was executed and you just it's so sobering Mm. um it's so sacred it's um just this Site and so it was just a that was in particular a bizarre day yeah. of um, kind of being confronted by both sides. There's there's people on both sides who really desire to to see justice done. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, the thing I'm reflecting on is you know how do we maintain yeah. the momentum? How do we keep how do we keep in the fray? Um, how do we keep fighting the good fight? Yeah, that's good actually. This sort of relates, but not entirely. You were talking about the police officer who was living was living in the same area that he was policing and how important that was. 
it made me think about um, even just us as pastors, we made the very important and pivotal decision, I think, to specifically and aggressively live in the area in which we pastor and we have our church. And um, some of that harkens back to just this idea of um, being missional where where you are. So like our vocation as believers is to reach people um, for Jesus. And just as this police officer's duty is to police his particular neighborhood well and thus he lives there, we as people are missionaries to those around us, to our neighborhood, to the places that we live and we work. And we've been talking a lot about what good neighboring looks like um, and what it looks like to be missional in our community. And you did something at a meeting uh, we did with our church a couple um, weeks or months ago. I can't remember how long, but I loved the exercise. Would you mind just talking with me, uh, with us a little bit on the podcast? Because it's so good, and I feel like some people listening to this right now could really benefit from some, like, poignant, strategic ways to reach their neighbors and be vocational about their their ministry and be a missionary in their neighborhood. So maybe this will be something um, we can put on the website so that... um, People can kind of take a look at it and maybe even download it for themselves. Uh, But it really was just this um, three by three square. So I had three boxes, you know, across three boxes down. So creating nine squares. And I put a little house icon in the middle. And really the exercise was to put this next to your front door or in a prominent space in your home so that whenever you encounter your neighbor, someone who lives close to you uh you can just quickly write their name down um talking from the parable of the good samaritan this lawyer asked jesus after saying you know love the lord your god and love your neighbor as yourself this lawyer like all of us is asking the question who is my neighbor and then jesus responds with this parable of the good samaritan and the main thrust of this parable is not who is my neighbor, but how do I become a good neighbor? So the ownership exists with us, not in the definition of a neighbor. And so often we ask that question, who is my neighbor, failing to recognize that we have people, in our case, like 20 feet away, that we have been called to love and to serve and to care. Talk about... Pentecost is a moment for encounter yeah. and commission. Pulling a full circle. <laughs> full circle. Pentecost is a moment of prayer and encounter with the Spirit in which we are prepared, propelled and prepared to care and serve those around us. So my simple reflection for our team was threefold. Um, to, to know your neighbor's name and to remember it. So write it down. Yeah. To get to know your neighbor's story and to begin praying for them. And then third, to invite your neighbor into your life and to have them over for dinner. Three incredibly simple practices, but simply remembering someone's name goes a long way to building trust and to communicating love and concern for them. Then to know their story. I mean, the amount of people that know my story is, is really only a handful, but what you move from stranger to friend very quickly when yeah. you know someone's story and so to know someone's story and then to begin praying for them um 
takes a level of just intentionality. Yeah. It's not hard. It's not difficult. No. It's just intentionality. Yeah. And then the third thing was to invite them into your life and to have them over for dinner. Uh, what a simple practice that we've lost, especially in 2020, in which our, a moment in which our bodies were weaponized against one another, yeah. a moment in which isolation was the main form of safety. We need to get back to neighboring and to sharing a meal and to talking about life and to caring for one another. And so that just those three simple practices of remembering someone's name, knowing their story and inviting them into life make a massive difference. I love it. Many podcasts within the podcast. Many podcasts within (laughs) the podcast. Well, I'll talk a little bit about some things that I've been reading or watching to kind of round us up here. But is there anything that like books you've been reading or TV shows you've been watching or things you've been listening to uh, that you found intriguing thus far in 2021? I put you on the spot. You put me on the spot. He wasn't prepared to answer Uh, this question. um, (laughs) Yeah, so I'm going to blank on the author's name. But a really interesting book I've read was called um, Spiritual Life on a Burning Planet. And the subtitle is um, A Christian Response to Climate Change. And so... What are you telling me about this book? Yeah, it's this really interesting reflection on um, both the science and kind of the theology around what does it mean to live on a planet that is um, hurting based around our own actions. And so it's one part um, kind of a scientific exploration of what climate change is and is happening and doing, um, which I understood but was way over my head. And then it was one part <laughs> like theological reflection and um, the author, and I'm mad at myself for not remembering his it's name. okay, they can look it up. Um, the author did such an incredible job of taking... Um, the prophetic texts of scripture and kind of reflecting through them Mm. on our current crisis. And, you know, there are no quick answers in this book. There are no easy solutions. There are no easy practices other than just remaining faithful in, in the midst of kind of a a burning planet, a a planet that's uh, really struggling as a result of our um, decisions and lack of stewardship. Um, what's interesting is just in, in Genesis one through three, you have God commissioning the first humans to, um, have dominion over creation. This idea that we are to steward his good creation. Mm. And so all, you know, history since then is just example of an example of us, um, failing in that regard and not taking care of, the creation that we've been given to steward and dominion or, or have dominion over. Uh, and so it's a, it's a really poignant reflection and yeah. worth the read. That's awesome. What about you? Um, so I, I'm almost done with, and I mentioned it on this podcast, I think before, but I'm almost done with uh, the liturgy of the ordinary by Tish Warren Harris, which has been so fascinating. It's all about uh, essentially finding Jesus and our spiritual disciplines, even in our everyday work play and rest and I what's so cool about it is it's helped me be more aware of just like the everyday things happening around me and how Christ is in every single one um so that one has been really good I just started reading um Future Church by Will Mancini and it's already blowing my mind so if you're kind of like a church leadership 
guru and you mm-hmm. like some of that stuff, um, Will Mancini is an absolute genius. And I pray that I get to meet that man one day and thank him for <laughs> how much he has contributed even just to the creation of our church mm-hmm. and who we are. So Will Mancini, if you're listening to this podcast, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> He's not listening to this podcast, but yeah. I'd love to meet you. Yeah. Uh, no. Um, so yeah, I've been reading that book. Super good. Um, I'm, I also, in 2020, Alex knows this, I discovered Harry Potter. Gasp. I was like, Oh my one of those church kids that was not allowed to read Harry Potter growing up. Rebel. Yeah, and I discovered this last year. I'm obsessed. So I read wow. them all last year. And then as of recent, I've been listening to the audiobooks, which <laughs> are straight fire. They're so <laughs> good. So, yeah, that, uh, there's that for you. Well, I guess if, if we want to reflect on, like, not Christian <laughs> literature, uh, I just read – so I'm a comic nerd, Cassie knows. Yes, uh, he is. So I just read – through um dc's kingdom come and you loved and it. and i loved it I, you said I, it was your favorite it comic, was my favorite comic which is ever. a little bit heretical because you have been I, a marvel person i've been a marvel life. person but the 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 depth of story on this one it's uh kind of a reflection on what would happen if the heroes that we know and love batman superman uh wonder woman what if they retired and a new generation of heroes stepped in that didn't have the same moral compass? Uh, what mm. would happen? And so it's a brilliant reflection, Alex Ross, and I don't remember the other creator. Uh, it's really fascinating. And so, <laughs> yeah, this That's is me nerding awesome. out. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. Speaking of Marvel, um, I'm super stoked because they just released the trailer for The Eternals which we watched together. Mm-hmm. And that means that they're releasing three Marvel movies between July and November, which is yeah. literally the best news in the world. Yeah. So what's the spiritual reflection on that? <laughs> nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I have nothing, no spiritual reflection. It's just, um, just exciting. Ex- excitement. It's very exciting. Yeah. Alex and I, um, love watching Marvel stuff together. And I have recently, discovered the dark web that is easter egg videos of like (laughs) marvel movies and trailers and marvel tv shows and stuff oh loki is coming out soon loki is coming out oh just in like a a week right a couple weeks june 3rd 11th 11th. oh okay a couple weeks i'm very excited about that (laughs) so there's that um also one more plug for a podcast that i've been listening to if you are kansas city local and you're a part of our church uh, I would suggest listening to um, A People's History of Kansas City. It's uh, released by our local NPR station in Kansas City. And it's really cool because it's really, well, all about like the things that you would never know about, like Kansas City, Missouri. Mm-hmm. Um, they do a podcast episode kind of like on Disney. They just released one recently on D- Walt Disney and specifically Oh, Iba, I think is how you pronounce it. Mm. But like the man behind Walt Disney, that's a Kansas Cityan. He's oh. originally a Kansas Cityan. Um, they also did a podcast on how we almost got named uh, Pots. Pots. Oh, no. Oh, no. It starts with a possum. Possum mouth? Possum trot. Possum trot. That's yeah. it. Wait, well. <laughs> Kansas City, it was like, it's a myth. It's an urban it's legend. It's an urban legend that Kansas City almost got named 
possum, possum trot. trot. Yeah, possum trot. I keep wanting to say possum mouth, which is extraordinarily even more disturbing. That is way worse yeah, than yeah, possum trot. Bad. But anyway, they have some really fun podcasts, and they just help you learn a little bit more about the city that you live in. Uh, especially at Midtown Church, we're just really passionate about Kansas City and our neighborhood, so that's a good one. Take a listen to yeah. it. I'm a fan. Yeah, I don't. There's nowhere to go from there, so <laughs> <laughs> we'll call it a See day. See you next time from Possum Trot, Missouri. <laughs> What if we had to call it Midtown PT because it was Midtown Possum Trot Church? <laughs> anyway, that's the end. <laughs> we'll see you next time on the Possum Trot Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Midtown Church Weekly Podcast. To find out more or to join a church gathering, check out our website at midtownkc.church.